This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. Happy birthday to you. Hey, where's mom going? She hasn't even opened her presents. Well, son, she just turned 65, which means there's new offers for her at Specsavers. What? Yep, an eye exam now costs her nothing, and she can get 30% off lens upgrades with any pair of glasses. Wow. So, can we cut the cake now? You betcha. No-cost eye exams are for eligible seniors at all participating locations with costs covered by provincial health care. Conditions apply. See specsavers.ca. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Zneimer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. Next, our own history and how we remember it is in the spotlight. And following the controversy over the removal of at least one statue of Canada's founding father, Sir John A. Macdonald, in Victoria, a new Angus Reid survey finds a strong majority of Canadians believe the name and image of Sir John A. Macdonald should remain in public view. Most also say remembering the trauma of residential schools should not come at the expense of memorializing the country's first prime minister. And further, a lot of people think we spend too much time apologizing for residential schools. To delve a bit deeper in this, we go to Shachi Curl, Executive Director of the Angus Reid Institute. Hi, Shachi. Thanks for having me. Thank you for coming on. Uh, So was there anything you found surprising in this poll? Well, you know, and I I say this uh, whenever I'm asked that question, is I try not to presuppose what Canadians are thinking because sometimes they can come back with a finding that that people may not expect. And I think what we are finding is Canadians are, are pushing back pretty firmly against the idea that some politicians are floating that the best way to achieve reconciliation is to uh, remove statues uh, that uh, may that may be symbolic of of painful uh, and tragic toxic legacies of residential schools. But Canadians are saying, well, that's not the way we want to get to reconciliation. Uh, many are saying that, uh, in fact, they are very opposed to removing the image or the name of John A. Macdonald from view and uh, that they are uh, not of the view that um, that uh, removing the statue in Victoria, B.C. was the right way to go. Uh, on the other hand, they also say they are fine with the idea of a statutory holiday or some other kind of day. Well, just over half of uh, Canadians say that, and we see a little bit more support for a, a, a day of remembrance that is not a holiday. Certainly that's been controversial uh, unto itself because... Some people think that a, a day off is not, uh, the, or a long weekend is not the best way to remember uh, the painful and, and very uh, tragic wrong legacy of uh, the, the, what was perpetrated on children at residential schools. Others say that that is the right way to go. Um, look, we, we've done a lot of studies on uh, Indigenous issues uh, in this country. We looked at the Truth and Reconciliation Commission a few years ago, found that Canadians generally were very supportive of implementing the recommendations uh, of, uh, of the 
TRC. We have found that at the same time, though, people are not necessarily uh, feeling the issue of apologies. They feel a little bit of apology fatigue and are looking for other ways to ensure that going forward, members of our Indigenous population in this country have the best outcomes possible, particularly young people. And uh, I think for a lot of Canadians, they don't see apologizing as the, the best way forward. Uh, I want to delve into that a little deeper. Is, is, is the motive for that is a, a certain kind of anger? I mean, uh, after all, Canadians are actually famous for apologizing. <laughs> <laughs> well, apology fatigue particularly when it isn't necessarily driven by uh, uh, an idea or a prevailing sense that comes from the general population or the public and and more comes from uh, politicians, can be something that people bristle at. Indeed, the issue of apologizing is something, uh, the the, the discomfort with it uh, is something that does cross political lines. There's no doubt that the conservative base in this country is overwhelmingly of the view that, that people apologize in this country too much, and, and in this case specifically on the legacy of residential schools. But about half of uh, past liberal voters, 40% of past NDP voters, feel the same way. And so these are not necessarily comfortable findings, and they are certainly not the kind of findings that fit the narrative that we've been hearing over the last little while, but it is, uh, it is what we find. And our job is not to promote or advocate a particular position. Our job is to measure what people are feeling and, and hold a mirror up to Canadian society. And, and this is what the mirror is showing us today. And is there a demographic breakdown between young people and older people or in any other kind of division? Definitely older people are of the view that uh, we've spent too much time apologizing, that the removal of the statue uh, is uh, something that they don't support or agree with. Younger people um, who may feel less of a, a connection to our first prime minister or indeed feel more of a connection to the importance of reconciliation are, are more mixed on this issue and, and generally more supportive of removing the statue and have a different perspective on the issue of apologies. But uh, you do see a significant age divide and you do see a significant divide based on political preferences. And I, I also want to get to this business of the removal of statues. I mean, something that we see in the United States, uh, do do some Canadians think, you know, it's it's kind of something that we've, you know, taken from there. It's not a homegrown Canadian response to anything? We did not ask that question specifically, so I I couldn't speak to that. But I think what we find is that there is a desire to contextualize this a little bit. So when 44% of Canadians say, look, now that the statue has been removed, what should happen to it? You know, they're the ones saying it should go in a museum. But 50% are of the view that it should either go back exactly where it was outside City Hall in Victoria, B.C., or that uh, that um, uh, it should be moved elsewhere in the city. Only 6%, Libby, that's a very tiny fraction uh, of our population are of the view that that statue should never see the light of day again. Yeah, that's interesting. Only 6%. Uh, and they, they all seem to be the politicians. Uh, <laughs> any, anything that, that uh, you take uh, going forward? Uh, we're about to take some calls on this. I know you have to go, Shachi. 
I do. I, it's it's been a hot topic today, and I've I've promised some other uh, folks across the country I'd speak to them about it. Um, I think that it it is certainly an indication that. Um, you know, Lisa Helps, the mayor of Victoria, later apologized for not consulting the community on this issue before she went ahead and took action. I think if she had consulted the community, she would have found that uh, maybe the course of action she took would not have come to pass. Maybe she would have done something different. Maybe a, a different plaque might have been placed in, in front of the statue contextualizing the legacy without simply just removing it. And I think that that is a cautionary tale for politicians everywhere. Okay, Shachi Curl, thanks so much for that. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay, let's go to Tony in Niagara. Hi, Tony. Hi there, Miss Libby. How are you? Fine. How are you? Good, good. Okay, uh, I said this before. Uh, Johnny McDonald's statue should be left alone. Uh, he was a good man. He united Canada from the east to the west. Yeah, he did a few bad things. No one's perfect, right? Well, uh, yeah. yeah, that's, yeah, that's you know, for no sure. Perfect. I mean, and then when you hear of 6% of whoever wanted to take these statues down, they're losers. I mean, like, you have to remember history. We, we can't erase history. Uh, me as a kid, I'm in my 60s now, me in public school and then going to Catholic school, I mean, we learned a lot about these things, and you cannot erase history. It, it has to stay there for our kids, our grandchildren, to know exactly what happened. Uh, like it, this all started from the U.S., when they started knocking down all those statues of the Southern soldiers and generals. Yeah, they did a lot of bad things, but maybe they did some good things also. And that woman, that mayor there out there in B.C. that uh, gave the okay, she probably got paid off. Who knows? Who knows what the hell was going on? I I would doubt that very much. She was probably being uh, politically correct. Um, Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, you know, there there is a line between memorializing and, uh, you know, lionizing people who did very bad things. Mm -hmm. But uh, it's clear from this, it is definitely clear from this Angus Reid survey that people do not want to take down. Yeah, you can't do that. What's next? I mean, what's going to be after this? Uh, the, like, there's people that deny the Holocaust and everything else. Those people are wrong 100%. It did happen. They didn't remove what's still there in Europe. And that's a reminder. One day in my life, I'm going to be going out there to see exactly what happened because, you know, my parents are European. Uh, they didn't even know this was happening when they were, like, kids in school. They found out after the war. Now, if that was all erased, they wouldn't have known, and I wouldn't have known today. Well, Am I, am I right? Um, sort of, but there aren't statues of uh, certain people there. Anyway, yeah. uh, Tony, thanks thanks for your call. Thank you. I'm going to go to Brent in Cambridge. And uh, Brent, you're a, a person, an Aboriginal person, and you'd like to give us your perspective. Yes, thank you, Libby, for uh, accepting my call. Um, we have a very little voice right now at actually 4% of the population of Canada. Um, from my perspective... Uh, the removal of statues, you know, it's here and there. But, I mean, the correction of history, if a one-sided history plaque is in front of a monument, well, then this is disingenuous, isn't it? Uh, Shouldn't we actually put the Indigenous perspective, since we're the first peoples? Well, no, I think think what they're talking about with a plaque is, I mean, what a lot of people are saying is, leave the statue, but you know, at the foot of the statue or wherever people read what it's about, um, have a plaque that explains the residential schools and the other side of the story. Yeah, well, the other side of the story is also, like, uh, 
when we look at, uh, you know, Halifax, for instance, when they took down the, the statue there, I'm of Mi'kmaq blood, which is of, you know, Nova Scotia. Uh, I still have a colonial scalp on my head that actually the law of Canada can't change. I'm worth 10 pounds if my hair upon my head is taken off. And so these are the things that we live with under the Indian Act and plus of colonial laws that can't be changed because of the formation of Canada that we're really looking at and saying we have to question these as real human beings, just human beings. And I mean, you can live under one set of laws and I have to live under another set of laws, yet we call it Canada as universal. It looks so cheery under the UN or the rest of the world, but as an indigenous person, we don't have drinking water. We have like, you know, five families living in one house. Like, I mean, how do you actually put your head up, you know what I mean, in this world? And say that yes, we are. You know, therefore, we're, we're we have a uh, feminist uh, prime minister, which I voted for, which I will not vote for in the next election because of broken promises to our people. Because we came in in record numbers that actually put them over the top. This time here is actually going to be the reverse because we actually understand it's the same old boss. Do you understand? The the, the argument doesn't start with. Uh, you know, like, well, you know, get over it. Get over it. It's it's so passe in I, that sense. It just means means dialogue. You know what? It, get over it means that I don't want to talk about it. Oh well, I I don't I didn't hear anyone saying uh, get over it. it. It's it's a different question. So you would you you would like to see those statues removed to get it? Well, to... actually, no. Uh, they can stay up as long as you actually give our perspective. Well, that's because, what that's what a lot of people advocate is leave the statue, but in the in the explanation, uh, make sure that you give the First Nations perspective. Well, I, I, I do understand that, but I know of history uh, of my people, and I do know of our culture that we withstand the testament of time. Okay, and the thing about it is, is that once you put the other perspective there our perspective, okay, against, let's just say, the colonizers, what will happen is, is that they will detest our point of view. Because oh. it's always mob rule. I mean, come on, you, you got, you got uh, Steve Banyan coming up there for, what, uh, your monk talks in Toronto, and, I mean, suddenly you're talking about this? Like, I mean, like, what the hell is going on here? I mean, you know, you're taking populist, populist ideas. Well, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm not arranging people. the monk debate, and we uh, we hear all kinds of ideas, and uh, I yeah, appreciate and, and they are very dangerous ideas, which actually happen in Auschwitz. Well, we I'm, all understand, and I, I am sorry, Libya, that I actually brought that up, because you know something right now, we have something in common. Well, uh, okay, Brent, uh, I've got to wrap things up on this. It's sort of getting a little out off off the topic, and uh, I, I didn't book Steve Bannon, and um, maybe we'll yeah, talk but about he is that booked, another day. And I mean, that's something that you should actually understand, that he is there speaking to a populist here in Ontario that actually is populist. And look at our last election that we had here as a province. Okay, Um those are all things that we will perhaps I will, tackle I will put on another day. Those are right to the right, right to the ring of fire. Okay, That's the first thing that was said. Okay, thank you very much. Okay, thank Brent. You, Libby. Thanks Bye-bye. a lot.
You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Happy birthday to you. Hey, Bye. where's mom going? She hasn't even opened her presents. Well, son, she just turned 65, which means there's new offers for her at Specsavers. What? Yep, an eye exam now costs her nothing, and she can get 30% off lens upgrades with any pair of glasses. Wow. So, can we cut the cake now? You betcha. No-cost eye exams are for eligible seniors at all participating locations with costs covered by provincial health care. Conditions apply. See specsavers.ca. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.